If I go to a hardware store, I'm not expecting to find jewelry. If I go to a jewelry store, I'm not expecting to find groceries. And if I walk into a grocery store, I'm not expecting to find a bunch of sporting gear. If I go to a sporting goods store, I'm not planning on walking out with prescription drugs. You see, when I walk into Lowe's, I'm expecting to buy some hardware, some wood, some doors, some drywall, like around here. If I walk into Jared's, my wife goes, you do that? <laughs> I would be looking to get some type of uh, jewelry, a necklace or earrings or something. If, if I was to go into the grocery store, well, I'm, I'm going to be packing it up with a lot of snacks and drinks and food. I'm hauling it out. And if I go to the sporting goods store, now there's a lot of gear in there I'd like to walk out with, but I might find a few items that will just suit my fancy for my hobby. And if I'm not feeling well, I'm expected to come out of CVS or Walgreens with some prescription drugs that might help me. You see, every store is stocked with things that are appropriate to what that store is supposed to have. Here's my question. When you've walked into churches, what are you expecting to find in a church? What have you found in churches in your life? Always expecting to find some good music. You probably weren't expecting to find bluegrass today. You're going to expect that the, the person giving the talk is, is going to have something maybe practical to your life. You're hoping that maybe if you've been at the church a while, you're going to see some of your friends. But what does a church have to offer? Stocking the store is what I want to talk about for our vision time today. You see, so much energy has gone into this transition for us as a church. From last, when was it? April, May, we began to toy with the idea, would God have us take a leap to somewhere else because our lease was coming due on the prior building? The prior building was like, well, it worked, but it wasn't really the best, those kinds of things. And, and I remember when we first walked into this facility, and it was a, a UFIT health club, right? And, and there were big half walls around here on the, in, in the perimeter. How many of you were at that little gathering we had? And we sat on those half walls and we said, man, would this be something? I was like, this is big, Carrie. You know, what, what are you thinking? Those kinds of things. Well, from that very moment all the way through, the challenges of getting the lease signed an appropriate level for us and, and accommodating what maybe we could see as, as the God-sized steps, even though they were huge, that we got that accomplished. And then all the permitting process with the city and some of the delays that went on there. And the delays and the delays and the delays, right? Because we thought we would be here and here in September, right? And then it's like, how do we start getting the finish and, and, and the build out done and what, where the walls need to go? How's this going to operate? And even now, we're still, we're still pushing and laboring from week to week to try to get the building finished out because opening day's coming on February 17th. And yeah, invite your friends and your family members and, and reach out. We'll do a little bit of a marketing mailing in the neighborhood and, and we're going to have a, a meal afterwards and some really great things. Big day, but. What's in the store? What's here? 
Have you walked into churches before? Maybe you were part of a church for a long time and haven't been back into church. Maybe just until recently. Maybe today you took a shot at walking into a church. What is there here for you? Music, awkward prayer groups. <laughs> a few handshakes and you slip out quick to your car and you're gone. Why is there the local church? And what are we stocking in our store? You see, I, I've been in some environments that have not been good. And I've talked with some people that have never shadowed the door of a church for a long time because what was in the store of that church was judgment. Was some nice how-to steps, but nothing of substance that really called you into deeper meaning and wonder. Don't you come to church because it's supposed to be where you meet God? Don't you come to church because it's a, it's a, a place where you can find encouragement from others? Yay, nay, how good the music is or how, you know, finely tuned the message is. I would trust with all the labor and all the work that we would stock our store with three things in particular that I want to talk to you about today. I don't have my little clicker there, Josh. You got it? I'm uh, still getting used to this new store environment. <laughs> What's in the store? You would expect one of the foremost things to be stalked in a church is love. And you'd be right. God is love. Foremost definition of the essence of who God is. Now sometimes that's love is a tough love, just like you love in your family, and sometimes you have to have tough love talks with your family. But there should be an environment of love. But that love environment begins with God. Matthew 22, 34 through 36 says this. Jesus, he was dealing with a bunch of church folks, is what he was dealing with. The religious elite, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He had, they had the whole gamut, man. These were the snooty kind of people. They thought they had it all together. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, and, and I don't know if we'll get to it today, if not next week, he, he does a great job of silencing them. And he silences them with something we're going to be talking about later. But hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, well, they got together. <clears throat> okay, let's see what, what we can do with him now. And one of them, an expert in the law, an expert in knowing the rules, because don't you expect when you come into a church environment, there's a bunch of rules you have to go by? Now we have to tiptoe a little lightly with this in our children's ministry because if we don't give them some parameters, it gets a little crazy. But here's some guidelines. I don't know what you call them, rules. Guidelines, see? Appropriate word. But that's not the situation here. It's not, you know, culture and etiquette. This is, are you following these rules and these laws? Because if you're not, you're out. There were the insiders and the outsiders. And they had a lot of rules. 
So this expert in law thought, well, I'm going to test him. I'm going to test him with a question. <laughs> hey, Jesus, <laughs> I got one for you. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all the laws? Now, I didn't bring it out, but if you really had the Mishnah and, and Talmud and stuff, you could, boom, there. Which one's the most important, the greatest commandment in all the laws? Jesus didn't him haul around. He didn't scratch his head. He didn't look around to say, well, you know, am I going to get the answer right? Or am I, you know, going to be shot down by the teacher? He just simply replied this way. Love the Lord your God. And love him with all of your heart. And with all of your soul. And with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Now, if you're a church folk, you know this one. Yeah, that's the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and other place and strength. And it was in Jewish culture, in Hebrew culture, that was foremost that you needed to do that. Love God. And so I would hope that if we're stocking the store, we're stocking the store with love for God. That's why every week is, is our worship just a, a nice, you know, Rock band and, 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 and music and, and worship songs? Or is it leading us to love God, to love our heart, mind, soul, and strength, no matter where we've come from in life? So I would expect if we're going to stock the store, we're going to open the doors on opening day, we're going to be a church that's seeking to love God. And not like, you know, a little two-stepping kind of thing. Oh, a little bit. i got to put a little bit of the Jesus stuff on today. I don't care what you wear to this church. But you need to come in wearing a heart that's open to God. Now, you may be shut down to God because of something that's happened in your life. But I tell you what, I want people to walk out of this building and go, I, 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 um, I'm not too sure about that church, but I, I, think, I think God was in there. I remember a youth ministry I was a part of that was so impactful in the younger years. We, we, we would get some of the star athletes that would show up in our youth group, and we'd pack it out. We had about 100 and some kids come to our youth ministry. And I remember a kid once saying that as he left. It's like, oh, you see the superstar from the ball team was here, and, and our ball teams in our city would win the state and stuff. And he said, he says, I, I don't know, but I think, I think God was in there. If we're going to stock the store as a church and be the witness we need to be in this valley, then we need to pursue and love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's a responsibility all of us bring to the table. Because this is one of the foremost things I want to share with us as a church body today. This is not a consumer church. You do not come here to consume things. In that regards, this whole analogy of stocking the shelves is a little bit off track in one sense. But we are not a consumeristic people. We are a people who are worshiping God. And this local church, which is a part of the church of Jesus Christ, there's only one church in this valley. It's the church of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of other great local churches, just like we'd seek to be laboring as a local church. There's one church, one church in God's eyes, but it's portrayed in different kinds of dimensions of local churches. I don't know how many would have bluegrass in their church on a particular Sunday if they showed up. But this church, well, we'll just give it a throw. But here's the deal. This is God's church. We don't come here to consume. But as a local church, we come here, we are the proprietors of this store. And we carry with us what this store is really stocked about. 
So I can't put a shelf up here. I thought about even do shelves there. And, and so let, let's put, okay, let's put God's love right there on the shelf. We can't do that. Because God's love's not on a shelf. God's love is in our hearts. The scripture says that God has poured his love out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And so as Christ followers, we have Christ living within us, and so God's love within us, and we are to be seekers and worshipers of God. And so we're not consumers. We are actually, in one sense, the essence of that which we're trying to stalk and provide and give opportunity for for others. And so Jesus says, number one, Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. That's who we need to be loving. So my prayer is that we would be a church where love abounds. Because you, as an individual, you as a couple, you as a family, are seeking to know him. Does 2019 hold a passion in your heart to know him more? I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this, I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but I press on. Paul had a passion to know Christ. He was sort of disappointed he didn't get to spend more time and, uh, or time journeying with him face to face like the other disciples. Jesus did appear to Paul. But we are sort of like Paul. We didn't see Jesus in physical presence, but through his spirit we can know him. And that passion is contagious. Whether it's with the adults or the student ministry or our children, we want to know God and love God. But then Jesus sort of turned it on those religious elite people, and he says, it's not just that one. He added one to it. And he said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so it's not just that we gather and we seek and we want to know God and, 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 and grow deep spiritually. But we are defined as a body of people if we love one another. And if we love our neighbor as ourself. And so Jesus says, get out of here. Go and love on people. Well, you can love on people within the church, and I would hope that would definitely be true because they're your neighbor. But whether it's your neighbor, and when we had our prayer groups, we prayed for a neighbor or a workplace, right? Or some type of other environment that you're engaged in. There are people that you need to love around you. And it's not just by having a kind little spirit towards them. You need to put your love into action by serving people. I need to do that. And sometimes I get out of my comfort zone. I'm like, oh, really? I'm going to take the initiative and get to know somebody and pour into their life a bit. So, what's in the store? Love. Love needs to be in the store. And Jesus will meet us if we seek him. When you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I pray, as we get the drywall finished and, and we get other things kind of skirted around and things put away, that so much of our energy starts going towards that aspect of St. Arnold. What are we stocking the store with? Uh, the second thing I'd like to mention is that we need to consider the whole issue of truth. I don't know about you, but um, I have always wanted to know what's true. I, I don't want to mess around with lies and errors and 
platitudes. I, I want to know what's true. But I, like you, live in a culture today where truth is not very important to people. We live in an age of relativity. We live in an age of a bunch of pilots, like when Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? Like, who cares about that? I want us to be a church that's focused on being able to provide truth, not in a Bible-thumping, judgmental way, but in an illuminating sense of wonder, like the light bulb goes off and you're like, wow, that's it. That's it. And, and to do that, we need to be anchored in what? God's word is scripture. And whether it's studying scripture on our own or interacting or how we build messages and how we integrate worship and, 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 and we craft a, a winter retreat for students or our children's curriculum, whatever it is, that we would be a church that's focused on establishing baseline issues of truth. And here's the reality. Uh, that's not going to go well with some people because that's not politically or culturally correct. But Jesus himself, remember what he said? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. I don't know about you, but that seems pretty exclusive to me. Can you imagine him standing up in our culture on a modern secular university and say, excuse me, it's nice to be here for this convocation, but I would like to let everybody know that I, I, am 